theyeshiva.net. Today's class is dedicated by Rifki Sirota with gratitude and thanks to Hashem Yisbarach for her wonderful and extraordinary parents, whom I'm also fortunate to know. I say that in parentheses, Reb Mottl and Bryna Berkowitz. May they have Arichis Yomim and Shonim Toivus, many, many good, happy, healthy, abundant, prosperous years filled with serenity, good health, great joy, great spirits, much nachas. Growing up, Reb Mottl, who was one of the youngest Holocaust survivors, survived as a child, was the chazan for Kol Nidre in 770 by the minion of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And his Kol Nidre melodies and heartfelt davening are still etched in my psyche to this very day. So, Mrs. Sirota, I join you and we join you with your blessings to your wonderful parents, Lairichis Yamim Vashanam Toivis. And thank you so much for your friendship and partnership. Today, is Parsha Shmois, we're going to learn a Sikha, an address that was presented by the Lubavitcher Rebbe at two occasions. Shabbos Parsha Shmois Tovshin Mem Zayin. That's Shabbos of Shmois 1987. I had the privilege of being there and hearing it from the Rebbe himself live in person. The second one is from Yutes Kislev Tovshin Yutches, the 19th of Kislev, 1957. At both of these occasions, the Rebbe developed one particular theme in Parshat Shmois, which was later published in Lekutei Sichais, volume 31, Parshat Shmois. And here it is. The Rebbe spoke in Yiddish, but this was written up in Hebrew, so... Most of you hopefully will be able to understand it. Why did I choose this sicha? Why did I choose this shear, this talk, this presentation by the Lubavitcher Rebbe? First of all, it's fascinating, moving, inspiring. But there's also another reason, and that is the second half of the talk, which we're not going to get to today, is one of those uh, very powerful revolutionary watershed moments where the Rebbe shares an idea about the human body and our physical relationship and our relationship to our physical selves that is absolutely astounding. And uh, he said it in 57, and as I said, 87. But I think the full significance of it we're beginning to see now. This is a continuation to what we learned a few years ago, Chayisara, a few weeks ago, Chayisara about Avraham and Sarah being the soul and the body, and Hashem telling Avraham to listen to Sarah. Those of you who remember, we had two classes on that. So this is a continuation in theme, even though it's going to come from a completely different angle and with surprising developments and results. But before we get to that part of it, He's going to analyze in his unique way a Rashi in Parsha Shmois about the donkey that Moshe Rabbeinu used to travel from Midian to Mitzrayim, to Egypt. So let's begin. First page you see the title page, Lekutei Sichis Lamed Aleph, from the Lubavitcher Rebbe Shmois. Okay, 
סעיף א', ברוך אתה אדוני אלוהינו מלאכו, אלום שהכל נהיה בדברי. וייקח מוישה אס אשתוי ואס בונו ויעקיבו מלאך המור וישב ארץ מצרים וייקח מוישה אס מתי האלוקים בידו. פוטנוט נאמבר 1, אידנטיפייז דיס פוסק אס שמויס פרק ד' פוסק בייז. פרק ד' פוסק כ', סארי, לוקט לייק הבייז טמי. אקסידוס צ'אפטר 4, ורסס 20. מה זה הקונטקסט? The context is Moshe Rabbeinu has spent a long time in a country called Midian. That's where he met his wife, Tzipira. He married her. He spent time with his father-in-law, Yisroi Jethro. He was shepherding his flock. At Mount Chorev, he has this revelation of the burning bush. Hashem appoints him to become the Jewish leader to go to Egypt and emancipate the Hebrew slaves from tyranny and subjugation. After a long argument and conversation back and forth, Moshe acquiesces. Hashem gives him his mandate, gives him his message. Hashem tells him it's time to go back. And the Pasuk says, and this is the quote, Moshe takes his wife, he takes his two sons, because at this point he had two sons, Gershom and Eliezer. And Vayarkivim al-Hachamur, these are the key words. You have to always know the key words, right? He rides them, he places them on the donkey, he returns to the land of Egypt, and Moshe takes with him the stick, Matah al-Lekim, the stick which Hashem designated for him to take. Hashem pointed out which stick he should take, as a Matazah, he takes the stick. Upirish Rashi, comes Rashi, and Rashi quotes two words in his subtitle, in his headline. Moshe placed them on the donkey. Says Rashi, This was no regular donkey. This was the donkey, the special, unique donkey. It's the donkey that Avram Avinu saddled to take to the binding of Yitzchak. If you go back to Parshas Vayeru, we say it every morning. Hashem asks Avram Avinu to take his son Yitzchak and go to Mount Moiria and bring him as an offering. What does it say? Vayashkim Avram Baboyke, remember? Vayachavosh Eschamoiroi. Avram woke up early in the morning and he prepared his donkey, saddled his donkey. Vayikachashnei Noravita, and then he took two lads. Vayivakatzayoyla, and he splintered lumber. to use for the wood, for the carbon oil, for the offering. And he began traveling to the place that Hashem told him to go to. Says Rashi, that is the donkey, the same donkey. And Rashi continues, not yet, we're not finished yet. And this is the donkey that in the future, King Mashiach, Mashiach is going to reveal himself on this donkey. Shenemar. As the Navi says, the Navi is Zechariah, as he says in footnote 3, Zechariah, Tess, Tess. Zechariah 9, 9. Chapter 9, verse 9 in Zechariah, that Mashiach is going to be a poor person, v'roichiv al-chamoyr, riding on a donkey. This is Rashi. We all know this is a very famous Rashi. Moshe wasn't just riding... Moshe didn't place his wife and his children on a regular donkey to go back to Egypt. This donkey has loaded history. This donkey was used by Avram. This donkey is going to be used by Moshe. Now, I know the questions. We're going to get to everything. 
But the Rebbe is now, the Lubavitcher Rebbe is going to analyze this Rashi from the perspective of Pshat. Bepashtus, literally. You can ask a question. What's bothering Rashi? Here, remember, Rashi's mandate is not Medrash. And not to find the hints and intimations in Torah, which there are many. Rashi's mandate is understanding the literal meaning of a posik. Rashi says this many times in Bereshus already. So the Rebbe begins to analyze this Rashi. The Pashtos. Kavonas Rashi who levayim ashakasav al hachamar behei hayidiyah. Shemizem muchich shakavonu lechayra chamar hamiyuchid. Umefadash Rashi is yichudish al hachamar hu hachamar shachavash avram choli. I would say, he says, what was bothering Rashi was one letter. It says, Vayarkivim al hachamar. Moshe placed his wife and his children and had them riding on the donkey. Why on the donkey? On a donkey. Was it the donkey? Was, was it the donkey in Midian that everybody spoke about? What's this? Vayarkivim al hamar. Even if you want to tell me. It's important to know the nature of the animal, the species, that took Moshe and his family back to Egypt. Granted. What's the hachamar? In Hebrew, that extra prefix hey, before a word is called hey hayidiyah. The hey that note tells me that this is a known donkey. This is not just a regular donkey you bought from a farmer. You bought from a donkey owner, from a donkey breeder. No, this is the donkey. So Rashi says, why is it the donkey? He wrote them on a donkey. They wrote him a donkey. So Rashi says, let me tell you why it's the donkey. <laughs> if you have the donkey that Avramovinu used for the Akeda and that Mashiach is going to use, it's the donkey. Avol says the Rebbe, but there's really something we have to understand. First of all, Aleph, number one. Very important question. Again, Rashi is not here just to give us fantastic, interesting, midrashic interpretations. He's here to explain the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, the donkey. So you need to justify that expression using the prefix hey hayidiyah in order to justify it. You have to explain that it was a special donkey. So all Rashi has to say is this donkey was used by Avram. You don't even have to add anymore. He doesn't even have to add that it was for the Akedah. If the donkey was used by Avram, it's already a special donkey. Ah, you want to add for the Akedah? You can add it, but it's not necessary. And I'll tell you why. There's no other time we find that Avram settled a donkey. The only time in Chumash it says that Avram prepared a donkey was for the Akedah. There's no other story. There's no other time. The Chumash Menachem of Rashi would just say, this is the donkey that Avram Avinu used. The words Lakedas Yitzchak are superfluous because that's the only time he uses a donkey. Number one. Number two, he doesn't have to add anything else. 
He doesn't have to add Lakedah again. He doesn't have to add the whole future story. That Mashiach is going to use this donkey. Even if there's a Medrash that says it, and there are. But Rashi doesn't quote every Medrash on every Pasuk. Rashi quotes whatever he needs to explain the literal interpretation. Because remember, literally, from a literal perspective, that it's very strange that Ebba says this is a stupendous miracle. That there's a donkey that's going to live for thousands of years. If you take Rashi literally and say it's the same physical donkey, so this donkey is alive from Avram Avinu till Mashiach. Avram Avinu lived approximately 3,700 years ago, 3,600 years ago. So this donkey is alive, not for hundreds of years, not for centuries, for millennia. And it's not relevant to understanding the Pasuk. You can ask, so what it says in Medrash? It's a good question. But to understand the Pasuk, it's irrelevant. Why does Rashi have to put this in? Even if you want to tell me, it's, it's big enough to say that it came from Avram Avinu. That's also a long time from Avram Avinu to Moshe Rabbeinu. Because Moshe was the seventh generation from Avram Avinu. It's also a lot of time. It's not a few thousand years. It's a few hundred years. It's still a very old donkey. Still supernatural. The Jews were in Egypt for 210 years. Moshe was, uh, was 80 years old when he came to, when he came to Parah. And when he liberated the Jewish people out of Egypt. So it was the last 80 years. The Jews came to Egypt 210 years. So this is a few centuries after Avram. But Rashi feels the need to add that it lives all the way to Mashiach. <laughs> In other words, the donkey is still around. Is this really necessary to understand the Pasuk? In footnote 5, the Lubavitcher Rebbe quotes the commentary of the Gur Aryeh. This is the Maharal of Prague. Rabbi Yehuda Leva of Prague, who wrote a book called Gur Aryeh, because his name was Yehuda, and he was called Leva, a lion. So his commentary, Gur Aryeh, here in Parshish Shmois, and in his book, Gvuris Hashem, chapter 29. He writes clearly, it doesn't mean that the donkey lived for so long, and it doesn't mean the donkey is going to live for so long. It means something, as he explains, we're going to get to that later, it's a remez, it's, it's, it's a metaphor. It's Eller... It's allegorical of an idea. But the Rebbe says that's true, that the Gerari says this. But Rashi, who writes his commentary, even for a child, doesn't say this. Rashi doesn't get into the details and say it's only allegory. And from a literal perspective, it seems from Rashi that he means it's the same donkey. And he says, go further and look in Rashi Vayere, Perik Chavbeis, about the ram of Avram Avinu. And Rashi also says, The ram was prepared from the six days of creation. And it doesn't seem that's allegorical either. If Rashi would tell you this is just an allegory and it's just trying to bring out an idea, okay. And that's what the Maharal says. But the Rebbe says, when you read Rashi, it doesn't seem that he's saying that. Base. Another question. In Rashi, everything is meticulous. In his headline, he quotes two words, Al HaChamer. Why does he quote Al in the headline? He's not interpreting the word Al. Al means on. They rode on. He's interpreting the word, the donkey, HaChamer. So Rashi should have quoted in his headline just the word HaChamer. Not the word Al. Now you might say, what's the big deal? The Rebbe always showed how even the headlines in Rashi are meticulous. And I said, which words from the Pasuk does Rashi choose to focus on, to accentuate? He uses the two words Alachamer when it seems like ostensibly he's only explaining the word Hachamer. Base. 
Vine Bigamari Isa, there's a famous Gemara, Meseches Megillah Daftes. And I want to say Mazel Tov to everybody who started to learn Meseches Megillah. So in your honor, we're learning now a piece from the Gemara Megillah that you're going to get to very soon. Says the Gemara Megillah, Shapos, Exel, Echad, Meapsuk, Mushashinu, Ayim Bezaskin, Mushatir Gemara, Satoidov, or Talmi Amelech. Talmi the king. Talmi was an Egyptian king from the Greek dynasty. And Talmi, Ptolemy as they call him, spelled with a P, compelled and invited 72 sages of the Jewish people. And he summoned them to Egypt where he quarantined them for a few days to translate the Torah into Greek. This translation became known as the Septuagint, or in Hebrew it's called Targum Hashivim, the translation of the 70 or the 72 men. There were a few changes, Chazal say, that their God gave them, he gifted in their mind this insight to make a few important changes in the translation. One of the changes came in this post of the Gemara, says, they wrote in the translation, Vayarkivem al Moshe had his wife and children ride on something, an animal that carries people. They changed the words Allah in the translation to he had them ride on something that carries people. Upirish Rashi. So Rashi in Meseches Megillah Daftes, Megillah 9a explains, what's the big deal? Because the Mashma Gamal, they wanted to indicate, they didn't change the text, but they wanted to, they, they wanted to indicate, I'm saying they didn't change the animal, they didn't write it was a, it was a, it was a camel, but they wanted to indicate it was a camel. Shalayoymar, so that Talmi HaMelech shouldn't say, Your teacher Rebbe didn't have a horse, didn't have a camel. People of stature would ride on a horse, would ride on a camel, not on a donkey. They felt it was disrespectful. So therefore they changed it from Chamer. Paisva says the same thing over there as he says in footnote 7. Rashash discusses it. Now you're thinking, (laughs) what's the big deal? Okay, good question. One of the greatest biblical commentators, he came from Spain. He lived in the 12th century, the 1100s. Rabbi Avram, one of the earliest commentators we have on Chumash. He was a great poet and a great astronomer and a great philosopher and a brilliant linguist and a great sage and rabbi. An interesting man, a great philosopher. So his commentary here in Parsha Shmois, Peter Shatam Lashinuiza, Bavushu Derek Giroyan Shatirkov Ashes Hanovi Al Khamir Echad Hiushnebana. He says the reason for this change is because it's disrespectful that the wife of the Prophet was on the same donkey, she and both of her children all on one donkey. That's why the sages felt that they have to manipulate, so to speak, the translation of Torah into Greek and change it from a cat, from a donkey into he placed them on an animal that carries people. So we have two interpretations. Rashi and Masechus Megillah says they felt it's going to be strange that Moshe, your teacher, didn't have a horse or a donkey. And uh, the Ebenezer says that again, this is very, very cheap and disrespectful on one donkey, she and her two children. 
פיזי יש מקום לומר שכוון אז רש"י גם ליאשר ושי לסנאל. So perhaps, maybe, Rashi wants to answer these questions too. Why did Moshe place his wife and two children on one single donkey? And obviously it seems like he put everything they owned, all their assets, the mobile assets, also on the donkey because they had to go back to Egypt. And he didn't put them on a horse, or on a camel, or at least take a few donkeys. It seems like it's so uh, disrespectful, it's not the way to do it. Stuff your wife and all the kids and everything you own all on the same donkey. And he's also going on the same donkey. Why would he do that? And Talmi Amelech would be perturbed by this. Or as Rashi says in Meseches Megillah, you bring also a horse and a camel for them to travel. So maybe Rashi was also bothered by this. So Rashi says it wasn't a regular donkey. It was a special donkey. It's the donkey that Avram used for that case. It's the donkey Mashiach is going to use. Oh, now there's no wonder if such a supernatural donkey could carry anything. Could carry a woman, could carry two children, could carry Moshe Rabbeinu, could carry all their packages. <laughs> it's already natural for this donkey to be supernatural. If it's the donkey of the Akkad, the donkey of Mashiach, maybe that's what was perturbing Rashi. What bothered Rashi was not the Hachamur. What bothered Rashi was one donkey for everything, which is the reason that the Gemara says that they changed the wording in the Greek translation. That's how much this guy would be perturbed. Talmi would say, this can't be true, it's ridiculous. A long journey from Midian to Egypt, you use a camel, you use a donkey, you need a few donkeys. Maybe that's what's bothering Rashi, but once you understand this was the donkey, then it's all clear. This donkey was not a regular guy, an irregular donkey. This would also explain nicely why he puts in the word al into his headline. Because his explanation is coming to explain and justify that Yaakov, that Moshe Rabbeinu placed so much on the donkey. How do you put so much on the donkey? You, your wife, your children, and everything your own. A little Rachman is on the donkey, which is why Talmi would reject it and say something is off. So Rashi says, I'm going to explain you how he could put so much on top of this poor little donkey. Because this guy wasn't a poor little donkey. <laughs> this donkey was a hush of a donkey. the donkey of history. Amnam Hagufa time, boy. But now we have another question. Why did Moshe have to take a special donkey to use for his wife and his two children and all of their chafetzim, everything that they owned, because they were moving to a new country? Why didn't he just take enough donkeys? Take a horse, take a camel. When Eliezer went to go find a shidduch for Yitzchak, he had ten camels. Camels, horses are very, very impressive, powerful animals, larger animals. So this itself is a question. Let's say Rashi feels that he has to justify it, that Moshe uses one donkey for everything, which is strange, which is why the Gemara says that the Skenim, the elders, changed the text in the Greek translation. I got it. 
But now let's discuss itself. Why did Moshe feel the need for this? Take a few donkeys. And as he explains in 12, if Moshe himself would be using this donkey for himself, it was about him, then I understand. Since the donkey was used for such elevated tasks, Avraham Avinu used it for the Akedah, Mashiach is going to come through it. So Moshe, when he's going to redeem the Jewish people, the first time he's being sent on the mission of the Rebbeinu Shalom to go redeem the Jewish people from Egypt, he also uses the donkey. But the Pasuk doesn't even mention that he was on the donkey. The Pasuk mentions he took his wife and his children and he placed them on the donkey. There's not even a mention of him. That means the focus here is not him. The focus is his wife and his children. So why did Moshe, for that purpose, for his wife, for his children, for whatever they owned, which they probably took with them, they probably didn't come broke. Why for that did he feel the need that he has to use the donkey for the Akedah Yitzchak? And as he brings in the footnote, on the footnote, that Rabbeinu Hananel and Bechayeh and the Shach even say that Moshe himself didn't use the donkey. <laughs> he came afterwards. He sent them before him. That means he himself didn't use the donkey. So did he really feel the need that his two Kindalach and his wife and, and, and his packages have to go on the donkey that's going to be used by Mashiach? Why? Just take a second donkey, take a third donkey. In footnote 11, the Rebbe says that this donkey was close to 400 years old from Avram Avinu, and therefore, if it's such a supernatural donkey, it could carry everybody. In footnote 10, he explains what's the big deal that his wife and two children should be on one donkey. He says, because Gershom, you have separate donkeys, it's much more comfortable, it's much more convenient, it's much more balabatish, unless he brings from the Ebenezer that could be Gershom was too small. And therefore, he, would, didn't want, he wouldn't put Gershom on a separate donkey. And Eliezer, we understand, because he was, he was young. He was a baby. Ramban says Eliezer wasn't born yet. He was born on the road. But Rashi disagrees. This is all in footnote 10. You can see the details. Gimel. Gam tzarech bir. There's another thing that requires explanation. Where did Rashi get this from? The source for this Rashi is in the Medrash known as Pirkei, the Rabbi Eliezer, the chapters of Rabbi Eliezer, that comes from Rabbi Eliezer Hagadol, Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkan is one of the greatest sages of the Talmud, the teacher of Rabbi Akiva, who lived in the first century and the second century after the common era. So there's a Medrash called Pirkei, the Rabbi Eliezer, and in that Sefer, Perik Lamed Aleph, chapter 31, this is the source of Rashi. There he adds one more thing. This is the donkey that was created, the donkey, the son of the female donkey, created Ben Hashmashes, created on twilight of the first Friday of creation. We speak about the donkey as one of those things that Hashem created out of Shabbos and later Bilam would be riding on that donkey and God opened the mouth of the donkey. This is also the same donkey. Rashi takes this out. <laughs> Interesting. Rashi quotes the Pekid Rebelezer. He speaks about two things that this donkey is going to be used for, but he takes out the third. It comes from the beginning of creation. It's true. When Rashi quotes Medrashim of our sages, his nature is he doesn't just quote them as they are in the source verbatim. He does not do that. 
He quotes what is relevant to understanding the Pasuk. That's why we see Rashi often quotes Midrashim, but he adds, he deletes, because he's not just quoting Midrashim. Most Midrashim he doesn't quote. He quotes what is necessary to understand the Pasuk, so therefore he only uses the part of the Midrash that justifies the literal interpretation of the Pasuk. This is important. Especially that in Pirkei de Rebelezer, this is coming to explain the story of Avramovin, or Rashi takes it for the story of, of Shmois. So therefore Rashi feels free not to put in all of the details, and he doesn't feel you need this detail that it comes from the beginning of creation. Good, granted. Which, by the way, shows us how meticulous Rashi is in his words, because he quotes the Medrash, but he cuts out what he wants to cut out, because he doesn't feel it belongs there. Mikal Makaim says the Rebbe, nonetheless, Kivin Shatoichin Hadrash. But this itself needs understanding. If Rashi is trying to show us that this is a special donkey, that's why it says Al Hachamar, that's why Moshe used this donkey. So why do you delete this detail? This is an important detail. In fact, this is something that distinguishes the donkey already all the way since creation, just like you feel the need to say that the donkey comes from Avramavinu, even though it's supernatural, it's close to 400 years. Nonetheless, you could say that because you need to explain something about this donkey. So why indeed did Rashi feel compelled to knock out the other information in Pekid Rabbi Eliezer that it came from the time of creation? In fact... This is something to bring because this shows us how special and unique this donkey was. And it was already known as this donkey, at least to Moshe Rabbeinu, the donkey that was created, Ben Hashmashas. In fact, the Rebbe says it would be much better to bring this detail than the detail about Mashiach. Because the story of Mashiach is something that's going to happen in the future. So it doesn't yet define the donkey now. It's going to happen in the future. You want to bring out that the donkey is already special and unique now. So why don't you bring what happened already in the past? It was created by Nashmashas, which explains that it was a special donkey. And Avram Avinu used it. That's what you should bring. Nonetheless, Rashi cuts out that detail. And he only brings the fact that it was used for the Akedah. And it's going to be used for the future, which is not here yet. Mashiach didn't come yet at the time and was still waiting. Why? How does all of this fit into the literal understanding of the Psukh? These questions bring us to the following conclusion. It seems from all of this that Rashi is not trying to explain to us that this donkey is generally a special donkey. That's in Pirkei de Rebeleazer. He wants to bring out that this is a unique donkey. It was created during the beginning of creation on Friday. It was used by Avram. It's going to be used by Mashiach. That's not the focus of Rashi because then he would have introduced that detail. Rashi wants to bring out the uniqueness of the donkey in our context. Why Moshe chose this donkey to go from Midian to Egypt to liberate the Jewish people. So for this, Rashi brings two details. Number one, it was used for the Akedah. Number two, it's going to be used by Mashiach. In other words, this is a donkey that was designated for redemption, for Geula. And therefore, when Moshe is going with his wife and his children to liberate the Jewish people from Egypt, he uses this donkey because it's a donkey that was designated for redemption. And that's why he feels the need to bring 
the fact that it's going to be used by Mashiach. He's not here to explain that the donkey is a unique donkey in general. He's here to explain the connection to this event, why Moshe takes this donkey to go to Egypt to liberate the Jewish people. So he has to bring about Mashiach, because that explains that this donkey is designated for Gula. Granted. But then we have the opposite question. Then why does he bring that it was used for the Akedah? That's not Gula. You're telling me that he doesn't mention the fact that the donkey was created on the first Friday, because that's irrelevant to the theme of this story going back to Egypt for Gula. He wants to bring out why this donkey was designated for Gula, so why does he bring the Akedah? He could just bring one thing. This is the donkey that Mashiach is going to come on. And that's why Avram Moshe could use this donkey. It was a supernatural donkey. It's going to be here when Mashiach comes. But he also brings the Akedah, and yet he cuts out what happened on the Friday of creation. Siv Dalad Habir You could say that this is the explanation. And here he begins the explanation. V'yashleimer Habir Baza. B'fidu sheikhan barashi levayr hayitu shebeposek. What's bothering Rashi is that the whole sentence is superfluous. Why do you have to tell me what type of animal Moshe used in order to go back with his family to Egypt? You could have just said, Moshe took his wife and his children, and he went back to Egypt. How he went back? Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Why is that relevant to the story? That's what's bothering Rashi. Remember that the way the Torah, the genre of Torah is one, that it doesn't just give us details to spice up a story. For example, we don't know what Adam looked like. We don't know what Chava looked like. We don't know what Avram looked like. We don't even know what Moshe Rabbeinu looked like. We know that Yosef was handsome and beautiful because that's relevant to the story too, because it explains what happened with the wife of Potiphar. But the Torah doesn't give us all of the details and the nuances in the story in order to give us the ambiance and to know exactly what things looked like. Torah is very, very precise and brief and concise and meticulous what details it introduces, what it does, and only that which is relevant to the story and the lesson. Why do I have to know that Moshe placed him on a donkey? That's the question. The question is not hachamer only. The, the question that Rashi is explaining is not why he didn't use a few donkeys. The real question is why the Torah puts in this whole story, this part of the narrative. Could have just said they went back to Egypt. Be, Rashi's explanation answers why this is so important and the detail is connected and is part of the context of the theme of this parsha and that's why the Torah puts it in and the Rebbe is going to explain and suggest his explanation how you have to understand this Rashi Earlier, right before this story, there is a long conversation between Hashem and Moshe. 
Hashem wants Moshe to go and redeem the Jewish people, and Moshe refuses. He comes up with many rationalizations and excuses to explain to Hashem that he's not the right person. Seven days, Rashi says, this dialogue went on. Seven days Hashem was trying to persuade Moshe to accept the mission. And at the end, Moshe says, Shlach Nabiyatishlach. Do me a favor, send somebody else. What do the words Shlach Nabiyatishlach mean literally? Please send the person, Shlachna, please send Biyatishlach. For this message, for this mission, the person you should send is, send it through the hand of the person you're going to send. It's a little ambiguous. So Rashi says, Moshe meant two things. Rashi says, Moshe used these words and he meant two things. First of all, I don't want to become superior to my brother Aaron. Aaron was older than Moshe, and Aaron was a prophet. So at the end of the conversation, Moshe says, For this mission, choose the person that you, have regu- that, you regu- that you usually send to speak to the Jewish people. Aaron was already a nominated prophet. He was a messenger of God. He was a prophet. And he's older than Moshe. So Moshe was uncomfortable that he should become the leader. He should become the great prophet. He should become the redeemer instead of Aaron when Moshe was a few years younger than Aaron. He was three years younger than Aaron. Six years younger than Miriam. Three years younger than Aaron. During the Exodus, Aaron was 83. Moshe was 80. He was uncomfortable. So he said, This mission, choose the person whom you usually use to send your messages to the Jewish people. Number two, there was another interpretation. Moshe already felt at that time that he will not complete the mission. He's not going to bring them into Eretz Yisrael. So he said, find somebody that you want to send to do this mission, because I'm the wrong person. I'm going to start, and I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to go into Eretz Yisrael. Moshe already felt that. I'm not going to redeem them in the future. I'm going to start and not complete. So shlach nabiyatishlach, send it with the send send the person who could redeem them fully and bring them back to the land. This is how Rashi explains what Moshe was telling Hashem at the end of the dialogue and why he refused to go. What happened at the end? How was Moshe convinced? Moshe accepted the mission. And Rashi says it's because it says, Hashem got upset at Moshe. <laughs> he got upset at Moshe, so Moshe said, okay, I'll do it. Got it. But one second, Moshe had some serious questions here. How did Hashem negate that? How did Hashem answer those questions? He said, why don't you send Aaron? I do not want to take this position. Aaron is older than I am. Aaron is a prophet. He felt very awkward and uncomfortable to take this position on our, over Aaron. 
And second of all, choose somebody who's going to finish the job, who's going to redeem them all the way, who's going to be the back to Israel. It's not me. Hashem never responded to this, apparently. Moshe had these two questions, everything he said, Hashem responded to. Here, he just gets angry. I, Hashem told him, Aaron is going to be happy for you. Rashi says, you think Aaron is going to be upset. He's not going to be able to deal with it. No, he's going to be happy. The Rebbe says it doesn't really answer it fully. Because Moshe didn't want to take the job, not only because Aaron is going to get upset and get offended and see it as a personal affront. He just felt uncomfortable that he should be in a superior position to Aaron. Aaron is older than him. Aaron is a prophet already. That's what he felt. It wasn't about that Aaron is going to be upset, that Aaron is not going to like, that Aaron is going to be jealous, chas v'shalom. That wasn't the issue. The issue is he did not feel comfortable to be in this position vis-a-vis Aaron. How did Hashem respond to this? Hashem didn't respond to the two big complaints of Moshe in the which Lach Nabi that's why this detail is important. He took them on a donkey. When Moshe agreed to fulfill Hashem's mission, the answer of Hashem to Moshe's two complaints are also conveyed. They're intimated in the fact that Hashem made sure that the journey to Egypt to fulfill this mission should happen through a special donkey. What donkey? The donkey that Avram used for the Akedah and the donkey that Mashiach is going to be revealed on by the ultimate Gula. Because this answers both of the lamentations, both of the complaints of Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Ba'akedas Yitzchak eshechavash Avram eschamoyri nitztave v'aleyu sham lo'oyla u'mikol makoim lehises Avram avinu l'regel amalei yitzivri Hashem v'adir abin izdarez l'mitzvah v'achechavash eschamoyri ba'atzmoy v'loitziv v'lechad me'avodav u'bazmizem muvam mikol shekir v'kavolchem e'benid nidan af sheyesh b'za netilas g'dula Noisif lets him until the Sagdullah Efshish Yovel de Kpede, Salan, Hakobam, Lesatsavi, Kabli, Belev Shalom, Eshatarichlius, Kiem, Tsivu Yashem, Miluyu, Besimcho, Belev Shalom. The first detail is this donkey was used for the Akeda. Avramavinu was told by Hashem, take your son and bring him as an offering. You would think Avram would hesitate. He didn't hesitate to fulfill Hashem's commandment. On the contrary, as it says, he went and himself, he settled his donkey, he didn't even delegate it to one of his servants. He woke up in the morning because he had this agility and this alacrity, this reasons that he himself wanted to fulfill the mitzvah. So from this, Moshe was to learn something very profound, that even if there's reasons to hesitate, because you don't want to become such a great figure. You don't want to become a great leader. You have an older brother, Aaron. Especially that Moshe felt, it's not just I'm taking the position, maybe Aaron will be upset. Or at least, he won't be so enthusiastically happy. He won't embrace it with a full heart. But if Hashem is telling you what to do, Hashem knows the right thing. You do it fully, and you do it with joy, and you do it with complete heart. Learn from Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu's task was much more excruciatingly difficult and he had much more reasons to hesitate and 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 argue and say find somebody else and <laughs> what do you want from me that was the first response to Moshe's first complaint go take Aaron he felt he doesn't want to sacrifice Aaron on the altar of his greatness Shem learned from Avram Avinu he was ready to take Yitzchak 
to the Akedah, not just sacrifice Aaron that he wouldn't have this position, but much more, sacrifice the entire life of his son and give it back to the Creator. So Moshe Rabbeinu would learn from this. Hashem tells you to do something, do it, and do it fully, and do it with a great heart. That's number one. That was response number one, by having him use this donkey. What about his second lamentation? I'm not going to go into Eretz Yisrael. Why don't you give them the final Redeemer who's going to take them all the way? The second complaint of Moshe, find Mashiach and send Mashiach to redeem them from the Jewish people, Hashem says, this donkey is going to be used by Mashiach. What's the point? These are not two separate redemptions. Whatever Mashiach is going to accomplish in the future is a direct continuum to what you are accomplishing here when you're going to take them out of Egypt. In the future redemption, and the revelation of Melech HaMashiach on the donkey is dependent on what Moshe Rabbeinu is going to accomplish in the redemption of Mitzrayim. Now, the redemption of the Mitzrayim begins a domino effect. It unleashes the forces of emancipation and liberation in the consciousness of humanity, which will ultimately lead to the Mashiach. Well, so Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'm going to start the job, and I'm not going to finish it. What are you, what are you, you got the wrong person. Get, get the ultimate redeemer. Hashem says, no, you don't understand. It's your process now. Your process is not incomplete because it's not being completed. What's going to happen through Mashriach is going to be a direct continuation because of your work. Not a separate thing. It's not like Moshe didn't do the job, but somebody else is going to do the job. Your job is what you can do because that's indispensable and then Mashriach can only do what he does as a continuation to what you did. Now we understand why the Pasuk felt the need to say what animal he used. These words are not superfluous because this is somehow important to the story because this answers Moshe's two questions. At least it doesn't, it doesn't answer them explicitly, but it answers them implicitly. So Rashi feels the need to explain why did the Pasuk put in these words, they're completely superfluous. Rashi understands because this is important for the story because this is how Hashem responded to Moshe's final two lamentations that Hashem never addresses in the story, but through the donkey he does address it. Number one, that the problem with Aaron is not something that should hold him back, learn from Avram Avinu, and number two, the problem with Mashiach is not something to hold you back, because this very donkey that you're using is going to be the donkey of Mashiach. Mashiach will never be able to do what he does without you. So therefore, if you don't do this mission, you wait for Mashiach, it's not going to happen. It's you who begins the process, and Mashiach builds on your process, very powerful. Sometimes you say, why should I do this mission? I'm not going to finish it. Nobody is going to be able to finish it without you beginning it. It's not like we're going to find that magical person who's going to do the whole thing. You do your part, and then he can do his part. If you don't do your part, he'll never be able to do your part, and therefore you'll never be able to do his part. Like it says in Perkeyavis, right? You can't finish the work, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't begin. You can't finish the work, but that's not a reason you shouldn't begin. You do what you have to do, and then Mashiach will be able to complete the mission because you started the mission. That's why this donkey is going to be, was used for the Akedah, it was used for Mashiach. That's why Rashi doesn't put in the story that the donkey was used 
was created on the first Friday of creation. That's an amazing idea in Pirkei de Rebeleze, but it's not relevant to the Pshutoy Shal Mikra. So what's bothering Rashi is not just Hachamar, and not just Al Hachamar, that too. But this is the key, why the Torah even feels the need to mention this whole detail, and now she's explaining to us that it's all essential to the story. In 25, the Rebbe adds one more detail. That this may be the reason why the Torah only specifies that his wife and children were on this donkey. He doesn't say it about himself. And it's ambiguous, because even if you say he was on it, but the Torah doesn't mention that. We're going to learn more about that later in the second half. But he says this uniqueness represents what's going on. Because when the Torah says that he places his wife and his children and all their objects on one donkey, which is strange to use one donkey, it represents that this is something special about him going to Egypt with this donkey. If he would have just said, Moshe himself went on this donkey, you would say, the donkey was used because this is the donkey that Mashiach is going to come on. So therefore Moshe also used this donkey because Moshe was going for the gula. So just like this donkey is going to be used by Mashiach, the donkey was used by Moshe in order to go to Egypt. But the fact that the Torah doesn't mention that, the Torah mentions his wife and his children, it means that there's something more here. It's not just it's going to be used for gula. Then speak about Moshe. Why are you speaking about his wife and his children? You want to bring out that there's something special about him going to Egypt on this donkey because it responds to the complaints of Moshe Rabbeinu. The two complaints of Moshe Rabbeinu are being addressed here. He says at the end, Vadayin Sarachia. One more detail here. Hey, this explains also a few questions in the language of Rashi. Very interesting. When Rashi speaks about the donkey, he says this is the donkey that Avram Avinu settled, settled. When it comes to Mashiach, he says this is the donkey that Mashiach is going to be revealed on. One second. By Avram Avinu, you use the word chavash, because that's the words in the Torah, So by Mashiach, use the words of the prophet, So Rashi should have said, this is the donkey that Avram saddled, and this is the donkey that Mashiach is going to ride on. Use the terminology of the prophet. In fact, that's how the Pirkei Rebeleza says it. Rashi changes it. It's very strange. Number two, in Pekid Rebeleza it says this is the donkey that Ben David is going to ride on. Rashi changes to Melech HaMashiach. Why these two changes? Vahabir Baza, the explanation. This boy, Leel Sev Gimel, Shabbat Pekid Rebeleza, Kavanasi, Lemanois, Limnois, is called Malois, which is called Chamer, Shabbat 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 I'll explain in a moment. 
Beautiful. The moment we understand why Rashi chooses this commentary, his changes in his language become crystal clear. In Pirkid Rabbi Eleazar, the source of Rashi, the point is to enumerate the unique qualities and usage of this donkey. It was the donkey that was created on Friday during twilight. It's the donkey that Avramavinu used for the Akedah. It's the donkey that Moshe used going to Egypt. It's the donkey that the son of David is going to ride on. The Pekid Rebelezer is enumerating the unique qualities of this special donkey. So that's why he uses the language of the Pasuk, Ani and he calls Mashiach Ben David. Rashi's objective, as we said, is not just to talk about the donkey, but to explain the connection of the donkey to this situation, to this story. Like we learned before, that by using this donkey, Hashem was responding to the reasons Moshe gave him why he's refusing to take on the mission to go to Egypt. In the two details that we discussed, the issue with Aaron and the issue with Mashiach. That's why Rashi chooses his words meticulously. For the first topic, the Akedah, Rashi uses the word Shechavash. Avram Avinu himself prepared the donkey to go to the Akedah. This brings out how one ought to fulfill a mitzvah of Hashem without calculations, and without considerations, it doesn't make sense, and this one is going to be upset. This you see in the fact that Avraham didn't only do it. He himself, as we learned before, got up in the morning and he himself prepared the donkey, he didn't delegate it, because he had such a joy and such alacrity and such enthusiasm to fulfill the mitzvah of Hashem, and therefore he didn't want to delegate it, even though Avraham had many servants to do it, but he himself did it, because when you love something, when you love something, you don't make calculations, you completely embrace it. So Rashi uses the word because this would inspire and it would be the response to his issue, how can I sacrifice Aaron on this altar of my leadership? I can't. Remembering this is the donkey of the Akedah, it empowered Moshe and it gave him perspective. Look what this donkey was used for and look who settled it a few hundred years ago when he went, not to Egypt to redeem the Jewish people, but to offer his son. The second issue is he didn't want to take the job because he's not going to complete it. And Hashem showed him that everything that Mashiach is going to do is because of him. It's a continuum to Moshe. So he doesn't use the words, this is the donkey that the son of David is going to use to ride on. Because that doesn't have to do with redemption. It could be that Ben David will use it generally. Ben David, the son of David, is going to want to ride somewhere and he's going to use a donkey, which also means that it's special. 
because Ben David is using this donkey, but it's not connected to the Gula. The point here is Hashem is not trying to tell Avram, to tell Moshe it's a special donkey. No. It's the donkey of Geula. And that's why you're taking this donkey because you're beginning Geula. Geula is happening because you, Mashiach, can do it without continuing your work. It's a hemshech. It's a continuum to your work. So to just to say that Ben David is going to ride on it, use the words Lirka, if doesn't capture the point, that's why Rashi is forced to change the language of Pirkei de Rebeliezer, of his own source, in order to justify why he's bringing it here in the Pasuk. So he changes and he makes two changes. This is the donkey that Melech HaMashiach will be revealed on it. So he explains that the donkey is connected not just to Ben David, but to Melech HaMashiach. And number two, he's going to be revealed on it. He's not just going to ride on this donkey. The Geula is going to come on this donkey. Ah, this demonstrated to Moshe Rabbeinu and it gave him the answer to his second lamentation that he's not fulfilling the job. Give somebody else this mission, somebody who will finish the job, which is Mashiach, and the answer is no. The person is going to finish it because you're going to begin it. And in Sivav, the Rebbe adds one more detail. And this is going to be the last Sif for today. And then we'll continue the next year. For there's one more thing we could add. one more final detail here. Moshe had two complaints. Number one, I cannot take greatness, assume this position of greatness instead of Aaron, who's older than me, who was part of raising me, who's a prophet already. Aaron, Moshe wasn't a prophet at the time. Who's older than me, who's greater than me. I can't. Even if he's going to be fine with it, I can't. That was his big complaint, the first complaint. And we said, that's why Hashem gave him this donkey, which was used by the Akedah. The Rebbe says the second element, that Mashiach is going to use it, is also a response to this first complaint, that he cannot assume this position in lieu of Aaron. And remember, when Hashem first asked Moshe to do this job, the first thing he said is, who am I? I can't. This is not for me. I'm not the person for it. How does this get responded to by saying this is at Mashiach's donkey? When Rashi proves that Mashiach is going to be using a donkey, he quotes the Pasuk in Schaya, Ani v'roichav al-chamar. 
Why does he quote the detail that Mashiach is going to be poor? Why is that relevant here? The point is, he could have just said, Reich of Al-Khamar. It says by Mashiach, he's going to ride on a donkey. Why is it relevant to quote the Pasuk Ani? If he quotes the whole Pasuk, fine, but the first half of the Pasuk he takes out. <laughs> it says, you're going to have a king who's going to come, he's going to be a tzaddik, he's going to help you, he's going to be poor, he's going to ride on a donkey. He doesn't bring the first Pasuk. If he wants to quote the part of the Pasuk that shows us talking about Mashiach, then bring the beginning of the Pasuk. But he doesn't. Because he just tells you which Pasuk it is, and you can look up and you'll see it's talking about Mashiach. So why does he bring this detail that he's going to be poor? Why is that relevant? Especially that it seems to contradict the concept that he's going to be the king, Mashiach, the king of the Jewish people is going to be poverty-stricken. The answer is, Rashi over there in Zechariah explains, what does poor mean? Poor doesn't mean that he's broke. Poor means that he's humble. And riding on a donkey is an attribute of humility. He's not coming in a BMW. He's coming in a donkey. Why a donkey? Not even a horse, not even a camel a more aristocratic animal, a horse. It's just part of his humility. Why? Why is that important? The answer is, because when Hashem sends you on a mission, any mission, even when the mission is to be a king, to redeem the world, to redeem the Jewish people, it's always dependent on one foundational prerequisite, and that's humility, authenticity. Because the only way you could be a conduit for the malchus, for royalty, for aristocracy of Hashem to flow through you is only humility. That's what the Pasuk says in Yeshaya. Yeshaya Perik Nun Zayin, Isaiah 57. Hashem says, I am exalted, I am holy, but where do I dwell? I dwell in the humble person. Because when a person is arrogant, when a person has this vanity, this fake pride, this big inflated ego which comes from deep insecurity, the person is not a conduit for infinity, the person is not a conduit for Hashem's flow. The Gemara says in Saita, Hashem says, I can't live in the same roof, under the same roof with an arrogant person. So what's the conduit? What makes you a conduit for Malchus, for the ultimate leadership? Meaning you're an ambassador of Hashem? Complete humility. That's why Rashi says, He's riding on a donkey and he's poor, poor in the sense, not financially poor. Could be very rich. It's an attitude. He doesn't feel he owns it. He feels it's a gift. He's a recipient. He's a humble person. He's a humble servant. This answered Moshe Rabbeinu's question. Moshe Rabbeinu said, how could you appoint me? Do you know why? Moshe was a very humble man. We know he was the most humble of men, as the Torah says later in Baalaisk in the book of Numbers. So the first question Moshe asked Hashem is, who am I? Especially that I have a brother. But his first words, Mani Choshev, I'm not the person for this God. You got the wrong address. This was Moshe's uniqueness. He was truly, truly humble. He didn't need this. He doesn't need the validation. He doesn't need the attention. He doesn't need the power. So Hashem was saying, Ah, you're going to use this donkey that's going to be used by whom? Mashiach, who's onivereich of Allah In other words, the person we choose to be the redeemer is the person who feels. I don't deserve this. This is not mine. I don't own this. I'm not here to control people. I'm just a simple person. That's why you could be the leader. If you would feel about yourself, of course I deserve this. Of course this is my destiny. I'm the king. Ay, 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 ay. Then we have to be careful. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. It gets to your head. It's precisely because Moshe Rabbeinu 
has this question. Why me? There's Aaron. And who am I? Even if there was no Aaron, I don't deserve this. Especially that there's Aaron. Trump says, that's exactly why you, why you need this role. So this donkey of Mashiach, where Rashi uses the words, represents exactly why you should be doing it. Because what's used by Mashiach is using this donkey is because he's Ani. Because he's humble and that's why he's Mashiach. And that's exactly the answer why you're being chosen. And that's exactly why you could be chosen even though you have the brother Aaron. Because the fact that you actually feel this doesn't belong to you. This is a gift. It's not about you. You're not taking yourself seriously. You're not here to control people. You're certainly not here to manipulate people. You're not the power-hungry, ambitious person who feels that you deserve to be their lead. On the contrary, you're questioning yourself allows you to become the quintessential leader where you don't take yourself seriously, you take your mission seriously. Where you're not afraid of criticism. Where you're not afraid to be introspective. Where your humility is never compromised. You remember that you're a shliach. You're an ambassador. You don't own the people. That is exactly the qualities that we need. So this donkey being used by Mashiach also answers the first and major lamentation and complaint of Moshe Rabbeinu with which he explained why he does not want this mission. That's why it's important for the Pasuk to tell us he brought them on the donkey. It's relevant to the story because this was God's prop that he used to respond to Moshe's question. Sometimes you respond to a question verbally and sometimes you respond to a question not verbally but through a prop through a physical, graphic illustration. This donkey, Moshe, answers your question. It was used for the Akedah, it was used by Mashiach, it answers what your real problem was. That's why the Pasuk mentions the donkey, and that's why Rashi feels the need to explain why the Pasuk mentions the donkey, that it's actually part of the whole story. So it doesn't only answer why it says Hachamar, it doesn't only explain why he used this donkey and not a few donkeys, because then there would be a lot of other questions, but it's really explaining why Hashem chose this donkey to respond to his resistance to go liberate the Jewish people from Egypt. And it's this donkey that justifies it and explains it to Moshe in a way that he can embrace his mission enthusiastically. This is the first part of the Sikh. The second part of the Sikh goes off into a different dimension, showing the spiritual meaning of the three times the donkey is used. The donkey of, of Avram, the donkey of Moshe, the donkey of Mashiach. And then we're going to learn a whole new dimension in how the body keeps the ultimate score of history and of the human truth and of human life that we're going to continue based on Hashem next time, which is going to be Thursday morning, 7.30 a.m. Let me take a few questions, if there are. And we're also going to have tomorrow a women's class Tuesday, 12.45 p.m. It's going to be streamed on the yeshiva.net and it's going to be live 24 Shea Road. Okay, question. You had a shear a while back about the donkey. Yes, a drama in four acts. That was a shear we gave a few years ago in Bullock, I believe, and it's on the yeshiva.net. Yeah, a drama in four acts, which is based on our discussion here as well. This was such a beautiful connection of the patriarchs and Moshe Rabbeinu showing the humility and humbleness of the most influential people in history. 
anti-Semites, this is our friend from Pakistan writing, anti-Semites say that Jews are racist and full of pride and ego because we say that we're the chosen people. Little do they know that the Jews are chosen because of their humility and their feeling of responsibility to God and humanity. Let me tell you something, she writes. In other Abrahamic religions, horses and swords are the main weapon of influence. But Jewish tradition is telling us the donkey is Mashiach's animal because this represents humility. The donkey is humble. This is a transformation in my mind. It shows us the discipline and the humility. We're not trying to show off our power. The donkey might have much deeper strength and power as a vessel of transportation, but it represents the ultimate humility. Wow, thank you. That's beautiful. Okay, I see also a lot of comments on the website. But because the hour is late, maybe I'll address some of them in the next class. We'll see. In the meantime, I'm going to wish you all a beautiful day. And I'm also going to uh, suggest, last night, Rabbi Shimon Russell, the famous therapist, and myself had a wonderful, wonderful session of dealing with education. Why are so many teenagers struggling in today's generation? What can we do to help them? You could see it on theyeshiva.net. It's uh, right there on the homepage. You can watch it in double speed. It was a three-hour session, and I think it's important for parents and educators of all types and all sorts to tune into it because some very important information was shared. Wishing you all a beautiful day and uh, sending my love and blessings. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.